0: Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. So tonight we're going to be looking at a vision for missions. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That word vision there means a revelation or a divine communication from God. And So where there's no divine communication from God, the people perish. You know, God wants us to have direction and wisdom for life and how we conduct ourselves in this world. And tonight we're going to look at that regarding to missions. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your word. I pray as we look into the word of God tonight. Again, we'd we'll be encouraged and strengthened and challenged and new and afresh concerning missions and our responsibility and privilege we have to play to be a part in laboring together with God. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Here in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, of course, this is the what we call the um, Great Commission, commonly called the Great Commission, recorded for us five times in the New Testament, in each of the Gospels, and then also in Acts chapter one verse eight. And a couple of things I want to just note of, about considering this commandment he has given us. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So if, if the Lord has all power and it's been given to him and the command is then for us to go, then we have the authority or the power or the means to do that which he has commanded because he has all power. And, of course, you know, even the song we sang tonight, um, On You Christian Soldiers, uh, that third stanza says Crowns and thrones may perish kingdoms rise and wane but the church of Jesus Christ of Jesus constant will remain gates of hell can never against the church prevail we have Christ's own promise and that cannot fail and so so we have been given this commandment and we're to go into all the uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And the, verse 19 particularly has the idea of evangelizing, teaching them the doctrines concerning salvation uh, and, and bapti- baptism. And then verse 20 it talks about discipleship, uh, teaching them to observe all things, keep all the commandments of God that he has given us in his word. And that's really the organization, I believe, of a church. And that's the purpose of a church, is to teach the disciples uh, that they might do the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4 tells us. So so we have this divine communication, this direction given to us from God. And as we think about this idea of missions, of course, you know, two weeks from, a week from Sunday, we start a missions conference. So we're looking forward to that. Anyway. Uh, so we have to be first. A couple things I want to notice tonight. First of all, we need to be convinced that missions is God's program for the local church. And of course, I believe this this commandment or this commission here is given to the Lord's churches. You know, there are several ideas of people have concerning who that's given to. You know, some say well, it's given to individuals. Every Christian ought to be you know evangelizing. And well, can a can an individual Christian fulfill verse 20 where you know that's really discipleship and you know without a church how do you disciple somebody um how do they obey all the commandments of god without a church you just can't do it and and uh uh and of course you know the the universal church thought as well but of course we don't believe that there is such a thing as that so we believe this is given to this isn't given to the disciples that's the other thought that's here that this was given to the disciples and well, if it's just given to the disciples, then we're, we don't have to obey it, I guess, huh? Uh, no, it was given to the Lord's churches. And uh, that's who the disciples were. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> uh, this was the commission given to the churches. And as we think about that, I, I, I found this here a year or so ago uh, in a paper that Dr. Al Dickerson used to put out called The Maranatha Baptist Watchmen. I thought it was interesting that it was in his paper because he didn't take the, really take this position. But anyway, it's Charles Spurgeon on mission boards. And this is what it says, quote, We must never think of leaving God's work to societies or mission agencies. They have had their day and have supplied a great lack created by the loss of the apostolic spirit. But now it is time that the aroused and rived church should assume her true position and do her own work. Fifty years or more, missionary societies have been trying to convert the world. And albeit that many souls have been saved, and therefore the effort has been far from useless. Yet, compared with the apostolic success, they have been a miserable failure. All these years we have spent ten times the money and not a tenth of the success of early evangelistic effort. In my inmost soul, I believe that the Lord is not with most of our foreign missions. And why? Because God never called the missionary societies to the work. He never bade the missionary society, or we could say the mission boards is what they call them today, missionary, board, missionary boards, become the spouse of Christ and to bring forth sons unto him. His offspring, his seed, which shall reward him for his own soul's travail, just spring from his own well-beloved bride. The local church, God's ordained agent for missions, Must, much as I value all good societies, I cannot hesitate to declare that the church is the ordained agent that all besides is human and derives authority only from man. Hence, I say, of the Society for the Conversion of the Heathen, it is a man-constituted body and not of God. The Lord will work, but not by committees, but by his churches. The church must do her own work. And when all our churches are thoroughly aroused by this fact, and every congregation shall send forth its own men, pray for their own men, and support their own men, we shall see greater things than we have ever dreamed. Unquote. And so, uh, yes, we believe that this commission was given to the lord's churches to the lord's churches and the churches and we see that 's the principle that's carried out in the New Testament in the book of Acts is that the churches sent out their sent out missionaries now, mission agencies are actually kind of a relatively new thing in the last couple hundred years, really, so we need to be convinced that is that this is the, the program of the lord's churches is to is to uh, reproduce themselves. And this is the spirit, really, of the New Testament and the practice of the early churches. And, of course, we see this. Jesus spelled this out in in uh, Acts chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2 when he says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So, Again, the Spirit of God was a continue to continue the work through his disciples that Jesus had begun, and of course we, he works through us, and of course the book of Acts is a is a, a record of the Spirit of God working through men through his churches, those churches sending out men starting churches, and this is what happened over and over and over again, uh reproducing themselves you know uh, uh Philip went out from Jerusalem to Samaria and then to the Ethiopian eunuch and then he went to other places that really aren't recorded but he continued his ministry history tells us uh, Peter traveled to Cornelius uh, Caesarea uh, Paul was sent out of the church at Antioch in, uh, in Acts chapter 13 and so th- this was the progression that we see in the New Testament so we need to convince that, be convinced that missions is a program for the Lord's church individual churches, not mission agencies. Um, You know, it it would be interesting sometime to look into the salaries of mission directors. I know we say, what do we need mission directors for? Churches are supposed to oversee their missionaries, you know, but somehow we need mission directors to take care of all that. Um, But lots of money is is wasted in... um, uh, for supposedly good causes, but as Brother, as, as Brother Spurgeon says, it's not it's not God ordained; it's man directed. The second thing we see here is the un, understand the scriptural principles of faith promise giving, and now let's go to Second Corinthians chapter eight. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter eight. And verse 7, uh, again, faith, promise, giving is giving, a, it's a really an offering above the tithe. Maybe the tithe belongs to the, is for the church, the work of the, the church itself. But the the uh, faith promise giving is above that and is used for, uh, for missions. And he says in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 8, 7, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now there, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. And so, this was something that Paul encourages the church at Corinth to do. This was not their regular tithe and offering. This is for uh, needs of uh, some of the other churches, and 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 so they were. To, he said, "He said, I, I speak not by commandment. You are know, commanded to tithe. It's not a commandment. Faith promise not a commandment. It's it's a pledge that we make willingly of our own occasion." He says, "By by occasion of the forwardness of others." So he's encouraging them. He's encouraging them to do it. He said, "Look." You said you were going to do it. Others are doing that. Now you do it. By the way, you know the church at Corinth was not a poor church. There were some poor people in it, but there were some wealthy people there too that that had means. So it wasn't that they couldn't. It's just that they hadn't. And so he's challenging them to give something uh, uh, to grow in this grace. Notice he says in verse 7 in particular, Therefore as you abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see you abound in this grace also. So he's encouraging them to abound in giving. In giving. You know, Romans 12 says, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Uh, so he's, he's challenging them to grow in their giving. They, they had grown in faith. You know, they proved that. You, know, you might say, was Corinth a very faith strong church? Well, When you read First Corinthians, you would say, "Well, you know they're not being real faithful, but when Paul wrote the book of First Corinthians to them they 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 obeyed what he wrote, Faith is really obeying taking God in his word and putting it into practice you know and 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 relying on it and well they did they did what the Lord had commanded them. you know they had this man in in first Corinthians chapter five, you know it's recorded for us this man 's living in an incestuous relationship with his, with his uh, stepmom, it, it appears. And so they were to deal with him. Well, they did. And then he, he, he corrected them concerning their divisions. You know, there was one, some that said they followed Paul, and some followed Cephas, and some followed Apollos, and then there was a real spiritual group that followed Christ. And he said, look, we're all laborers together. We're not divided. So why are you dividing us? This is carnal. This is carnal," he said. "You need to," you, we're, he said. "We're all laborers together with God." You know, uh, sure. Peter was probably a better orator than Paul. You know, you read Peter's Peter's sermons, and uh, he he appears like maybe he 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 was more a better orator speaker than Paul. Apollos, we know, was a very great and gifted, a talented man. Uh, he could he could. You know, It's believed that he could quote much of the Old Testament scriptures, uh, and, and he, he, he expounded the word. Paul, he was, they said his speech was mean and contemptible. In other words, it was just kind of plain. But uh, he understood the doctrines probably better than any of them. But, but anyway, so they had their different personalities and, and different gifts, you might say. But he said, hey, we're all working for the same Lord. Why are you dividing us? That's childish. And, of course, they had, in chapter 7, he talks about how they had repented of their sins. So, so yes, they were growing in faith and in their understanding and their knowledge and, and, and their diligence in obeying the word of God. And he says, look, you need to grow in this also. Grow in your giving. Grow in your giving. Uh, seek God's, God's favor in this and, and challenge your own heart to grow in giving. He said you're to give it willingly. Again, it's, he said it's not by commandment. You know, faith, promise, giving isn't by commandment. It's not commanded. This is what the Lord asks of us, something he asks of us to do willingly. And verse 12 says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to the hath not. So, uh, again, it's to be given willingly and and so if you don't have it you can't give it but but we need to pray and ask the lord uh, to help you in this to have wisdom as to know how much to give verse 13 says for i mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened but by an equality now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want that their abundance also may be a supply for your want that there may be equality so so he's he's telling him do it willingly verse 7 of chapter 9 says Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know, if you give if you just give more faith promise that give somebody else in church. (laughs) Or if you give it and you say, I gotta give my faith promise again this week. That's begrudging. That's begrudging. You better not give it. No, he says do it not grudgingly or necessity, but cheerfully. Cheerfully. Uh, So again, it's a willing thing. Uh, We're to let God guide our giving. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Uh, So each person needs to seek God and ask God, Lord, what do you want me to give this year? There have been years that I've increased. And there have been years I did not. Now, my tithe never changed. well, it may have changed if my salary increased, but I, it was still ten percent. but my faith promise has not always been the same. you know uh, so there are years that I've increased it, and there are years I didn't uh, but but so we need to what I'm saying is you know we need to seek God's wisdom in how much to give, so we can give. Uh, with a cheerful heart and give willingly and, and and then he says in verse 8 that God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work as it is written he hath dispersed abroad he hath given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sowed and increase the fruits of your righteousness so so we, we God is able to make you abound. It it is a it is something we should step out by faith. We should increase our faith in, as we looked at a little bit ago. You know we should be we should increase our faith, challenge ourselves uh, in this, and 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 disperse abroad. Uh, you know the idea of a farmer sowing and reaping. You know, there's a proper amount to sow for a proper harvest. And, and so, you know, we need wisdom to know what that proper amount to sow in faith promise is for you. And so, you need to seek the will of God and, 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 and ask God to prosper you so that you give extra to the Lord for missions. Faith promise missions. Uh, you know, missionaries still need money to get to the field. They still need money to, to start churches here in the U.S. and uh, and so on. And so, uh, and that's that's part of it. And and that's part of our responsibility is to 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 help them. Look, in fact, look, go to Acts chapter one, verse eight. And <coughs> I think I've mentioned this several times before, but I never really saw this before until one time we had Brother Forney here. And he pointed it out in verse 8 of chapter 1. And really, this is really true of all the places in the New Testament where the Great Commission is given. He says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Now, the, the particular context is Jesus is commanding his church at Jerusalem. And he's saying to the church at Jerusalem... You're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Now, you might say, well, yeah, they could start in Jerusalem and then they could go to Samaria and then they could go to Judea and then they could go to Samaria and then they could go to the uttermost part of the earth. That's not how it's worded. He says, ye shall be witnesses unto me both. Both. In other words, all at the same time. Now, there's only one way that we can do that. There's only one way the church at Jerusalem could do that. That was by sending men out of their churches or supporting men from other churches. Or, and the thing that he pointed out to us was that you know, the, the only way we can do that is through missions. But the other thing is, this is the question he asked, who needs who? If we are going to fulfill this commandment, we need missionaries it 's going to require that we support missions, or we are not going to be able to fulfill this commandment uh, because we lighthouse Baptist Church, the individuals that make it up here, you know we 're not going to go into the all the uttermost part of the earth you know uh, so we we do that by Sometimes it's by sending out people from our own church or by supporting others that are sent out from other churches, which is what we're doing back there. So, we, this, is, this, is a, this is what God allows us to do to participate in this through faith promise missions. Uh, this is God's program. This is, this is God's design. And so, so, we need to ask the Lord how much he would have us give. And, of course, this is God's purpose uh, for money. And, and, again, I've mentioned this quite a few times before. Uh, it, because understanding God's purpose for money is for two reasons. To live, supply our needs. And, and that's, that's right, and that's good. And the second thing is to give. And, uh, and so uh, we are... To, to give to see others and this is the greatest need is the gospel is to, to send people around uh, uh, to other parts of the world you know God doesn't give us money just to have shopping sprees or or, or buy things we don't need or, or or for people we don't care about or you know whatever uh, the old motto used to be if it's not usable don't buy it I remember I preached the message one time in Maine this older lady came up to me, she was in her 70s, and, and she said, we had this saying when I was younger, use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. You know, we live in a world where we throw away more stuff than most people have. Uh, live in a country, I should say. Now, you know, as Christians, we need to be good stewards of what God has given us. You know, 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Of course, a steward is a household manager. We are stewards of what God has given us. We're, stu- we're to be stewards of it. Everything that he has given us. We're to be good stewards of it. In other words, we use it wisely, not carelessly, you know, taking care of what God has given us and using it for his purpose. And so, you know, the common mistake you know, I, I remember a, g- a guy saying to me one time, well, you know, he goes takes his kids into Walmart, he just hands them $5 and says goodbye, whatever you want. I thought to myself, I don't think that's a good idea. All you're doing is teaching them just to waste money. Now, $5 isn't much, but, you know, to a kid that never had anything, that's... Um, no. No. Uh, or the... Um, um, the allowance thing. Parents just give their money, kids money for nothing. No, give them a job to do and, and pay them and challenge them to save and to give. Uh, if they want to buy something, challenge them to, Is it with, is it a good buy? Is it necessary? Is it helpful and useful? Your Proverbs 15.22 says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. And the word purposes means a plan or intentions. Now, so without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in a multitude of counselors, they are established. Uh, And we have, you and I have a God given purpose, and it ought to govern every area of life. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says this. "...who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose." In other words, his own plan, his own intentions. God saved you for a purpose. God gives you things, money, for a purpose. And so, so, we've been saved and called with a holy calling, not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, you could look at that two ways. Say, oh, I'm accountable to God for everything you have. Or you could look at that and say, wow, what a privilege I have. What a privilege I have that I've been given by the Lord, by God Almighty, the creator and sustainer of this universe. I've been given this privilege to invest in His work to invest in eternal things. You know, most people go through life and they leave everything behind and they don't invest in eternal things. And so everything is here. And when they leave this life, it's all gone. You know, if we invest in eternal things, we're going to reap eternal rewards. That's the Roloff used to say, quote, If you'll be giving while you're living, you'll be a knowing where it's going. <laughs> no. You know, we, we are to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so have a plan, have a purpose. We are, we're saved and we're called for His purposes. And then lastly, we need to understand we're laying up treasures in heaven. Look at Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse ten. It says now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of what's the next word? Your. He didn't say theirs. He said your so, this giving is increasing the fruits of your righteousness. You doing what is right and pleasing in the sight of God. Bringing you into greater favor with God. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. It's going to cause thanksgivings to God. Well, uh, uh, remind you, when I read uh, Tell, Tell Alexander's last prayer letter... He was thankful for our giving. And, of course, the people there in Florida are thankful for it as well. So, this brings thanksgivings to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God, for your professed subjection, there it is. Subjection, really, it's a it's a it's a indication of your subjection unto the gospel. Why? Because this is what the Lord's asking of us to do. To get out the gospel into, into the other places of the world where we'll never go. So uh your professed subjection of the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them. And unto all men. Now think of it: you're laying out treasures from heaven, for in heaven, not only from this area, but from Russia, India, Florida, Maine, uh, Taiwan, uh, the Arctic, Canadian Arctic, and uh, whom am i missing. Pennsylvania? Did I get them all? Anyway, uh, you know we're laying up treasures in heaven from all these places around the world. And so, so, he says, this will increase the fruits of your righteousness. Look at Philippians chapter 4 also. Philippians 4 and verse 10 through 14, 17. He says this, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Now, the church at Philippi was one of the churches that gave to Paul as did some others, but they gave on a regular basis. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you are also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned whatsoever what sort of state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, notwithstanding... Ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, notwithstanding... Well, notice verse 14 there. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate. In other words, the communication has the idea of they sent money, finances, to help him. And, and really, because what he's really saying in verses 11, 12, and 13 is, you know where he speaks in the respect of want, and whatever state he has... Of course, we know Paul was a tent maker. And when the funds were not sufficient from churches, guess what he did? He went to making tents. He went to making tents. And he, he said that, you know, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. However, the work was hindered. In his last prayer letter... Brother Alexander says this, quote, We really hope and pray that our supporting churches will continue to stand behind us to see this work firmly established. I realize that different churches have different policies, and I respect the autonomy and decisions of each supporting church. That being said, I don't foresee this particular work becoming stable or self-sustaining for at least a few more years. I had one church drop us before we arrived in Florida because they only support church plants for one year. Other pastors have indicated that they are nearing the point of pulling support I would ask you to be patient and prayerful about our support. We are diligently laboring, and yet it just isn't happening overnight. To be clear, if all support were lost today, I would find secular work. However, and this is what Paul is saying, notwithstanding, however, the pace of our labor and growth would be greatly hindered. In addition, if churches will keep me on support, we are burdened and praying about planning other works in South Florida Key Largo has no scriptural church whatsoever, and Miami needs churches. So, so you know, what he's saying is, look, there's just stop our support. I'm going to get a job, but the work will be hindered. And that's what I believe what Paul's saying here is, you know, you did. I'm rejoicing that your care of me is flourished again because you lacked opportunity for a time. And, you know, I've, I've learned, though, you know, even when I'm in need to be content, you know, I just make tents. Notwithstanding, you have well done. In other words, when they gave, it helped the work. It enhanced the work. It speeded up the work. And I know know from experience here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, um, and I don't understand this one-year thing at all, Because I don't think anybody can start a church in one year's time unless they have a drum set. And are into entertainment business in America. You're not going to do it. But anyway, I know from experience that that happens because it happened when we were starting Lighthouse Baptist Church with Brother Green as well. But anyway, so... He, he said, I will support myself. Now, let's read on here, verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. See, Paul says, when you give to our church planting ministry, our missions outreach, which is really a missions outreach of Antioch, the church at Antioch. When you give, you are laying up fruit or fruit is abounding to your account. So you're laying up eternal treasures. You're investing in eternal things. And and so they had, a, they had a part. And that's what the Lord tells us to do in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where our treasure is, it's where our heart is. So we need a what we need is a a vision, a divine direction from the Lord into what the Lord can do through us in worldwide missionary outreach. Not only worldwide, when that worldwide includes right here, state, USA. We've got missionaries here in our own, our own nation as well. Uh, but, you know, we need, to, we need to ask the Lord what He would have us give. And again... It, every man as he purposeth in his heart. This is not by commandment, but by occasion. And the occasion is is the, the sending out and the supporting of those missionaries so that we can be obedient to the gospel and sending the gospel all the way around the world to places we cannot go. And so, as we, as we prepare for a missions conference this year, I trust be praying about what the Lord would have you to give and pick up a faith promise card and, uh, and pray about it, what he would have you to give. For we believe it, it's this God's program is missions through his churches, through his churches. And um, so uh, we need to be convinced that's that's God's program and be participants. We can be laborers together with God. No greater business in the world than that. Uh, God's business. It's the only business that will reap eternal benefits. So may the Lord help us to um, be active in our participation in this missionary program. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. We thank you for how it challenges us and encourages us in how we can be participants together and laboring together with God through uh, faith promise giving. And, Father, even as we witness and testify to those around us that know not Christ, even here in this area, and, Lord, we pray that you help us to be seeking your face and have your wisdom in knowing what we should give this year uh, for missions. And so just continue to work in our hearts and prepare our hearts for the conference as well. And may you be glorified through your church and their giving, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.